Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, brought to you by our patrons, where you learn how to love what is good and become what you love. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and the art of being human. We're more than a subscription company. Love Good is a movement of artists, patrons, and young people who believe in the power of beauty to change the world. And we're so pumped you're here. Merry Christmas, y'all, and thanks so much for tuning in to this very special episode. It's our Christmas release. I'm sitting down in just a few moments with Father Ryan Adorjan, and I hope that most of you are distracted by peppermint mocha, white fudge-covered Oreos, and most especially time with family. This is a really, really great time of the year to be still. Hopefully, a lot of that chaos is behind you that so often is, you know, the Christmas and holiday season. But now that it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending on when you're listening to this, it's a chance to to really contemplate the mystery that this season is all about. It's what Chesterton calls the staggering doctrine of the incarnation. So this conversation, man, it just expanded my heart and my mind in ways that I didn't even think were possible. And again, just know that we're praying for you and hope you're having an amazing, amazing Christmas Definitely live it up every day for the next eight days is Christmas Day. Historically, that's been called the Christmas octave. And many would at the very least remember that there's 12 days of Christmas leading up to Epiphany. But really, this is a season of newness. And obviously, the new year helps with that as well. So anyways, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and really hope you enjoy this very special conversation with Father Ryan Adorshan. Father Ryan Adorjan, welcome back to the Love Good Podcast. Great to be back in Nashville. Happy Christmas. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's interesting because we obviously do record some of these podcasts before they actually come out. That's sort of the nature of things. We're not going to give away how far in advance. Yeah, but I mean, everything in me right now obviously wants to listen to the Aholos family Christmas. Every bell on earth shall (sighs) ring on Christmas day in the morning. It's the Aholos Christmas album. I was going to ask because you played the part of Charlie Brown? No. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yep. We talked about that. But you also love the Oh Hellos. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that the Oh Hellos family Christmas is your favorite. <sighs> so good. But where does it stand with Charlie Brown Christmas? Because that is, of all the classics, my favorite. No, no, no. They're not even, com- you cannot compare them. As in the Charlie, Charlie Brown Christmas is a movie, first of all. And the best soundtrack ever. What what is the soundtrack of the Christmas, of Charlie Brown Christmas? First cool song I ever learned on the piano. I was in I think I think fourth grade. We'll have to have a concert with that afterwards. Yes, yeah, for sure. But wait, you, you would say the Hellos is is better than Charlie Brown Christmas? Hundred percent. Ooh, okay. I don't know about objectively or whatever, but I'm just saying based on what yeah. it does for me. Yeah, the Charlie Brown Christmas album is not oh. going to get me to jam out in the car at a stoplight in July. In That's July. why I get a peppermint mocha all year long. Really? Absolutely. You can. They'll do tell that. you. They'll tell you that they don't have the syrup. 
Yeah. It's not the season. But it's the And you it. lean on the counter with one elbow, as I'm doing right now, and you say, listen to me. Uh-huh. I know you have peppermint <laughs> syrup. And you're going to put two pumps in that thing, or I'm going to come back there and do it myself. I want to say that we've had peppermint mochas together at a coffee shop in Hinsdale, Illinois before. I think, yeah. I think we have. And it is probably my favorite hot drink ever. Jeez. I mean, it's really good. But like, you know, today we're, we're drinking just like straight black coffee here. More I'm, southern I'm already, pecan. Yeah, I'm already hydrating because I've had too much. I wanted to hydrate, but Jimmy told me that my water bottle was too big to fit on the table. So. Well, it's huge. Pull it out for a second. All right, let me go. It's embarrassingly large. What do you think of that, everybody? <laughs> it covers everything up. We got a lot going on here. Yeah, we got I actually stickers. thought you bought it like this because no. the stickers are all so well-coordinated and cool. Yeah, no, I'm kind of a good sticker coordinator. And that keeps things cold for how long? 24 hours? I don't hours? know. I've never tried it, but a long time. Like, how do you travel with that? Like, it doesn't even fit in a cup holder. What do you do? You just lay it next to you. Or I put it down on my feet and then it rolls around. It goes <laughs> under the brake pedal and that causes accidents and things. That would but, be, yeah, driving crazy. Yeah. But I do like that it keeps things cold because yeah. this does not. No. As evidenced by our Lime Day in Nashville when you came back and that was many degrees. So apart from Lime Days in Nashville, which is the electronic scooter. Yeah that we enjoyed on a little tour of Nashville not too many months ago. You know, what are some of the craziest, most adventurous, but also spontaneous things you've ever done? You know, you, you've had a long life now. <laughs> Ripe age of 27. 27. You've seen the world. But when you think about like high adventure, but unexpected in the ordinary, what comes to mind? I'm just not an adventurous person. Shut up. I'm sorry, but really? I'm not. I'm really just not. Like when it, Is this your Charlie Brown side yeah, coming out right now? yeah. I had friends in seminary who were extremely spontaneous. Hey, let's do this crazy thing. And I would say like, it's against the law, you guys. Or no, I just don't think we should do that. Not you. I just you get serious? Ner- yeah, I just get nervous about it. I come from the suburbs. I live an orderly life <laughs> with stoplights and Chevy Tahoes and Target stores and everything fits into I, the box. And I just, uh, I don't know. But I've been trying to be a little bit more spontaneous yeah. lately. Just, I like to have sudden dance parties at times in the store. Do you have sudden sudden dance parties on podcasts ever? Yeah, I suppose. But we're not going to see you. Go there. You're taking. Anyway. You know, it's probably worth mentioning. Okay, yeah. We're like in the midst of Christmas season, which I feel great about. I would like to just like dig in a little bit to what we call the incarnation, this moment that God actually penetrated human history, you know? Because you really can't talk about Christmas and not think about that and how it has shaped Western culture, Western imagination ever since. Like it changes Everything, but I think before we do that, it's worth mentioning that a huge reason that you come to town so much is to be with our apprentices. And we're in the midst of a kind of exciting application season right now where a lot of young people out there between the ages of 18 and 25 are applying for the program. I want to be, you know, cultivating the art of being human for nine months while living, praying, and working together here in Nashville. Yeah. What would be your pitch, you know, for those who are just sort of like on the fence about it, for those who perhaps like you may never end up at seminary or even like some great Catholic higher education sort of situation. And perhaps who, you know, have questions about life and their own purpose and, you know, really want to, you know, grow in their faith or, or grow in virtue or grow in even their understanding of true friendship, all these things that the year is about, you know, what would be your hope for people who maybe should apply and just haven't quite done so yet? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I think everybody needs a kind of seminary experience, whether 
I don't mean everyone needs to go to a Catholic seminary. That's not what I'm saying. But I think everybody goes through a time in their life where they'll look back on it and say to other people, yeah, that was a really defining time. That mm. was a time when I really discovered who I was. You That's know? cool. My mom in the 70s worked in, in the superintendent of school's office in, for Cook County Yeet. in Chicago. And I don't know what she did there, but she talks about it all the time. Wow. And I know that that, and like she still has friends from that period, you know. That's cool. And she... I just know like for her, you know, she wasn't that old at the time, maybe in her 20s. And she was, well, I guess, yeah, 20s. And she was riding the bus into the city and kind of living on her own or whatever. Hmm. Like that was just a really formative time for her, you know? And so I think everybody needs, for me, that was definitely my semester in Rome. Mm -hmm. And I lived in Rome while I was in college. And, you know, riding the metro late at night by myself walking the streets, laughing, learning to walk slower, learning to eat differently, learning to eat at all well <laughs> that's not cooked for me, you know? That yeah. that was a really, learning how to relate with other people, to live in a house with young seminarians, also young lay women in the house, you know? For me, that was such a formative time discovering who I am, who am I in relation to other people, and what are my gifts, and how will my gifts be used? Mm. And so I think everybody needs a time like that. And to take a gap year, to come to Nashville, one of the greatest cities, I won't say in the world, but one of the greatest cities in Tennessee for sure. What? What? In the world? <laughs> it's at least in the top three in the world, top five. You know, what great. would you give us, top 10? In the world? Yeah, in the world. Man. Mm. I mean, it's top two for me. No, I, well, for you, yeah, of course, of course, of course, okay, Jimmy. Whatever. No, no, top. It's one of the top three in Tennessee for sure. Where does it fall in line with Joliet? Joliet, Illinois. Yes. Oh man, I mean, Nashville could not be could not be farther away from it. Meaning, meaning Joliet's like two, I think, Aye. in the world, and Nashville's. This is good. You you should be proud of the place you come from. Yeah, it's good, Joliet. It's the city of champions, baby. Yeah, isn't there a Joliet somewhere else in the world? In there's the a Joliet in Louisiana. Canada. Oh, there's a Canada. Yeah, there might be one in Louisiana. I'm too, thinking Lafayette. I don't really know. Yeah, Lafayette's in Louisiana. So we're the Diocese of Joliet in Illinois is the name of our diocese. Because there's a Diocese de Joliet in Canada. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. So the gap year experience, <laughs> which I just took like a gap year in this podcast just now. The gap year experience, I think everybody needs one. Because yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter ultimately in this conversation. Mm. Are you going to become a priest? Are you going to be married? Are you going to be a layperson? Are you going to be a scholar? Are you going to be not a scholar? Are you going to be a welder? Are you going to be a farmer? Are you going to be a zookeeper? Mm. Whatever. You are going to be a human. You are a human. The idea is not, you know, I was not fulfilled on the day of my ordination. On the day of my ordination, I was conformed to Christ crucified and to serve his people. Mm in the name of the church, right? I wasn't, didn't achieve my fulfillment as a human being on that day. Yeah. It always continues. So to learn, to have a, a dedicated time where you can just become who you are, Yeah, everybody needs that. That's cool. And hopefully for all of us, it is a launching point into the rest of your life too. Because Absolutely. that's a journey that's never really ending, is it? Yeah. Constantly rediscovering or deepening our sense of who we are. Mm-hmm. And who are you going to meet in these days? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to meet your spouse in these days? Is there a good chance they would meet you? Absolutely. Yeah. I Absolutely. mean, because you're in town, I'd say at least twice a year. No, although more than that. More than that. Typically more. And a big part of your your time here is is a day with the apprentices. With the apprentices. Usually twice a year with cool. them. I'll be here for the Christmas party, hopefully. Yeah. So speaking of Christmas... I really think at the heart of Love Good 
if I can just pull back the veil completely. And for those of you who know what I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of layers to what we do and who we are yeah. as a movement of artists and patrons and young people, right? We, we talk about beauty changing the world and indeed it will, indeed it has, right? But most at the root of this movement is a pretty unbelievable, what Chesterton calls staggering doctrine of the incarnation, right? Yeah. That 2000 years ago, God didn't just visit his people. He what? He dwelled came, among he us. He came to dwell among us. Yeah. Which is which is really cool. You know, I think we can all recognize that there's something amazing about creation. There's something amazing about the the beauty of God amidst nature, amidst the entire created universe. You know, like you can't look up at the stars and not ponder the mysteries. You can't look out at a at a sunset or an epic view and not wonder about the possibility of a creator, right? Which then leads to the question of, well, how am I different from what I am seeing here? And how am I even more wondrously made, you know? Epic, beautiful stuff. It's a whole nother thing though. Let's talk about God coming among us and elevating creation. And in a certain sense, giving it a whole new dignity. It's why like I love the idea of smoking a cigar and talking philosophy and theology with my closest of friends, ideally with a great little glass of scotch in the other hand, you know? All of those things aren't in contradiction. I do think that's a uniquely sacramental perspective, incarnational perspective. Yeah, I could talk about it for the rest of my life, and I probably will, because it's what leads to the wonder and the awe amidst all that I encounter and all whom I encounter. Whom? Who? Whom? Who? Don't know. Don't care. Yeah, grammar was never my thing. All right, everybody. Time for that very special announcement that I like to do halfway through the conversation. We're at SLS right now. All right, depending on when you're listening to this episode, actually, we are in Phoenix, Arizona. Lovegood has partnered with the Beauty Initiative at Focus to be at a massive conference for college students, again, called SLS. So if you don't know what that is, go to sls20.org and learn about this incredible biannual event for college students from all over the world. And not only am I going to be giving the Beauty Initiative luncheon talk at the conference, we're going to have a massive booth in partnership with the Beauty Initiative and our good friends at Paper Castle Records. So if you're going to be at SLS, come find us. We can't wait to see you. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go to sls20.org and learn more. I'm curious, this is that one time of the year where everybody's okay thinking about baby Jesus, thinking about Mary and Joseph and, you know, a nativity scene in Bethlehem. Do you agree? I think you do. But like, could you expound upon this like real instinct I have that the incarnation is at the heart of beauty. It's at the heart of who we are as a movement. It's a heart of, it's at the heart of any genuine artistic endeavor. Yeah. Right. What do you think about that? Am I off my rocker father? Indeed you are, but not on this topic. <laughs> I'm going to try to not take that personally. I'll talk to my counselor about it. I don't even yeah. have a counselor. Do I need a counselor? You no. should get one. Everybody needs one. I'm serious. Oh, man. That can be a whole other conversation. Huh? It should be. Back to the incarnation. Coming soon. Father Ryan's thoughts on counseling. Incarnation, Jimmy. <laughs> In car, caro, carum, 
Yeah, heart? No. No, no, no. Flesh. Flesh, yeah. Core is heart. Core at core. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saint. John Henry Newman. Mm, yeah. Incarnatus. Natus is born. So literally born into flesh. Mm. To come into flesh. God has not simply visited his people, as you said, but he's come to dwell among them. And Chesterton's right. It's a staggering, staggering claim. Mm. Because every civilization, we've talked about this before, every civilization has been religious yeah. in the sense that there's some divine component. There's a divine spark inside of us. There's the religious sense, is what Father Giussani calls mm. it, this thing we're all, we pick up on it naturally. But to say that... God, who's the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the ground of all being, the one who says, I am who I am, you know, that he has become flesh and has decided to live among us is a very bizarre claim. <laughs> and honestly, if it wasn't for the for the proof that the little band of believers still yeah. exists today, yeah. not so little today, should be bigger though. I don't think that we would be inclined to believe it. You know, we would probably read it in history books the way we read about the Mesopotamian gods, you mm. know. But the power of it is such that somehow it can touch the littlest stuff. It can be the tenderest, most amazing thing. He came in the form of a poor little baby. I mean, how much more like oh, a little schmooperoon he does it get? <laughs> you know what I mean? This cute little baby. He's come in the form of poverty, of humility, of complete fragility, vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has made himself vulnerable. He's made himself a humble. He's made himself fragile. Mm. But then you look at it. All right. So this little flock took over the Roman Empire. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's uh, crazy. One of the former Archbishop of Chicago, Cardinal Francis George, was telling us that when he came back from the conclave that elected Pope Francis, he was standing on the, the loggia, the balcony there of, of St. Peter's as Pope Francis came out and greeted the world. And He was up there. Yeah, I mean, all the cardinals are out on the two sides. Ah. Someone said, what was that like? And he said, I, I looked out over the city of Rome and... He says, all, all you can see is domes of churches, you know? Mm. And he said, the first thing that came to my mind was the question, where are you now, O Caesar? Mm. That Caesar who promised to get rid of Christians, yeah. all the emperors of Rome who persecuted them, killed them. Where are you now, O Caesar? Because your mm. city is dotted with the domes of churches. Yeah. So that's the power of this thing that, again, there's something just that's, that it's, I don't know how else to explain it. You mm. know, it's the hovering of the Holy Spirit over creation. Yeah. It's God speaking into his creation through his word and, sh and revealing himself, revealing his power yeah. and revealing the truest message of the world that in littleness there is greatness. Yeah, man. And that the ones, you know, the least will be the greatest, the last will be first. It's hard to just pinpoint one meaning of the incarnation. Yeah. So I'm definitely not going to try to do it. But the word has become flesh and has dwelt among us. He's not just visiting us. He's dwelt among us. Yeah. That God himself has lived our life and died our death for the purpose of being the first fruits of our rising to life. Mm. There's a professor at the seminary who always said that Jesus came to dwell among us in the deep yogurt of sin and death. <laughs> And to rise us up out of it into new life. You Why know? yogurt? It's just what he said. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because yogurt is not something you would want to sit in. I don't know. It's amazing though. Even just that idea of littleness. I'm thinking back to season one with Janae Trudell. 
I think we did a whole episode on the importance of littleness. And if we didn't, we wanted to. It was yeah. on our list. Yeah. Hi, Janaya, by the way. I know. Hopefully she's listening. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a long time. I mean, go download everything you can get your hands on from Jay and Joe. It's amazing. I mean, I guess we're not downloading anymore, but go stream because they're putting out new music and killing it, which is really, really exciting. But there is something wonderful, you know, wonderful. There's that word. About littleness and the dignity that God has given it in the incarnation. You know, he has truly made it possible for all of us to rejoice in poverty, to all of us rejoice in weakness. You know, like this fall, I wasn't really having an existential crisis. That does tend to happen about once every nine months for me, you know? But I was in a little season where I I was being tested on all sides, it felt like. You know, there was a real struggle and a real dryness and a real sense of, holy smokes, I can hardly keep up with all this drama. It's what it felt like. And out of that came this closeness to God that I hadn't felt in a while. You know, there was sort of this need to like sit in the mess and and wait on the Lord to redeem and to restore, you know? You think about those 400 years of silence between the last of the prophets and the coming of Jesus. There's a lot of sitting and waiting going on, you yeah. know? But that is so where I found myself back in the fall. And it's not always a grace that I tap into to be patient and to wait on the Lord to not only visit, but dwell with me in the midst of it, you know? But that was a good example of a time where the grace was there. And I said, yes, I'm willing to wait. This is all incredibly painful, really uncomfortable and actually a bit awkward, but I trust that you're going to show up, you know? That to me somewhere, you know, gets somewhere near the heart of what it really means to celebrate Christmas, that God always shows up, that the light always overcomes the darkness. And that's a promise that was spoken through prophets thousands of years ago, but it's a reality that people have not only been building their lives around for 2000 years, it's something they've been willing to die for, you know, for 2000 years. And as you said, it's that band of believers who keep saying yes to littleness because God became little, who keep saying yes to poverty because God became poor, who, who keep saying yes to mercy, you know, because that's the name of God. The very heart of God is mercy, at yeah. least in, in this time of salvation history, you know. It's wonderful to think about. We don't obviously get this theological on the podcast very often, but then again, what other time of the year do you walk into every Target and every mall and hear Christmas carols with nobody blinking an eye. Yeah, usually from Halloween onward. Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing. (laughs) It's because we love it. We do love it. Think about all the ways we greet each other in this time. In America, we say Merry Christmas. In England, they say Happy Christmas. I know. Happy Christmas, Harry. Happy (laughs) Christmas, Ron, you know. (laughs) So good. We think all these different ways that we greet each other. Joyeux Noël in French, joyful. Even Happy Holidays, Joyous which has Christmas. been kind of like hijacked or sort of like politicized. Yeah. Holidays, Holy Day. Yeah. You know, like there's actually something kind of wonderful about the idea of a holiday. Yeah. You know, a day set aside for God. We should a have a holiday day. at the sea. But yeah. why do we say Merry Christmas? You know, I don't say Merry Christmas because my life is merry. Yeah. I say Merry Christmas because something merry has happened to me. Mm. That in the coming of Jesus, the non-merriment of my life has now an answer. Mm. There is a definitive answer on the part of God 
to the to the to the plight of the world. Good news of great joy. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder counselor, God hero, father forever, prince of peace, that today is born for you in the city of David, a savior, mm. you know? I just got chills there. And that's maybe with the best line of Charlie Brown Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> is when Linus does that. But yeah. just to read those lines of the birth of Jesus and to really just enter into just the craziness of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. All the things that come with the incarnation, with the nativity of the Lord especially, the lowliness of Mary, mm. the yes of Mary, the silence of St. Joseph, the steadfast integrity of St. Joseph, mm. the fact that our tradition tells us even the animals around him adored him, yeah. you know, that the Magi came from the East and recognized him as king. And Jesus is the king of all people, all nations. You know, he's come to save all the world. I mean, all these different, the epiphany, you know, that's the coming of the three kings, the baptism of Jesus, him being baptized to sanctify the waters in which we've been baptized. Yeah. And we can claim now definitively in the face of the world, I am a child of God. Mm. I am a child of God. I love that, you know. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me, we say to the world. The world condemns us. The world confuses us. The world persecutes us. The world tries to knock us down. The people around us bully us. Fellow Christians get on our, our nerves. And we have the power now to say, excuse me, hmm. I'm a child of God. Yeah. I am a son of God. Yeah, Knock it off. It changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. And so the, the coming, the being born into flesh of the king and the heart of the world, coming in wonder, coming in awe, coming in total littleness, it changes everything. And yeah. this is the this is I think the rallying cry for us in this time of year anyway is to to reset that typewriter and to say we need to learn to live as if it changes everything. Yeah. I'm not merry because my life is merry, but I'm merry because something someone has happened to me. Yeah. Someone merry has come into my life to show me the way to the fulfillment of my whole destiny, mm. which is union. Yeah. You know, unity with God. That's the fulfillment of love. Love's deepest desire is self-revelation. Mm. And God himself, who is love, his deepest desire is to reveal himself, which he did, as you mentioned, through the prophets, through the patriarchs, through the law to some extent. But now in the person of Jesus, he has revealed literally himself, mm. given himself to us. Why? For the purpose of Repentance, of course, new life, but ultimately union with him. Yeah. You know, so you think about the three transcendentals that we talk about so much at Love Good, truth, goodness, and beauty, and the forgotten stepchild, yeah. <laughs> the fourth transcendental is unity. Yeah. So God, we say, is truth. He is goodness. He is beauty himself. That when we encounter truth, goodness, and beauty, we encounter God himself. But those things are meant to integrate us to bring us into reunion with ourselves. This is the purpose of religion, mm. right? Re, ligere, ligio, ligio. The Latin words re, mean to do again, and ligio, which means to tie or to bind. Yeah. So the goal of religion is to take every facet of life and rebind it into mm. a single whole named Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And so unity is our goal. You know, unity is our goal. And this is why I love, I'll take advantage of the Christmas episode to be able to, mention just my favorite line from the catechism is paragraph number one. Mm. 
God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness has freely created man and woman that he might share in his own blessed life. Mm. That's it. God in a plan of sheer goodness freely created man that he might come to share in his own blessed life. That's it. Amen. So that's what we celebrate today. That's right. Not today, probably, but we celebrate that when we talk about the incarnation, the coming in the flesh of God himself, that he didn't deem being in the likeness of God something to be grasped at, but rather he emptied himself. Mm. I think the word Paul uses is something more like he annihilated himself, Mm. obediently accepting death, even death on the cross, for the purpose of our salvation. And what is salvation if nothing more than union with God? Mm. So for those who are listening and watching out there and have any inclination like I often do to reduce Christmas down to peppermint mocha and really good vibes. I mean, the Christmas vibe is- There's a great vibe there. It sinks deep for me. Yeah. But at the heart of it, at the foundation of it is, is this saving truth of God visiting his people, dwelling among us, becoming like us in every way, but sin saving us and- becoming one with us. If we just have the courage to say yes, this is officially one of my favorite episodes ever. Father Ryan, thank you. You're welcome. So much more to come. I think it's safe to say that we wish all of you out there a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Christmas, a what, Noel? Joyeux Noel. Joyeux Noel. Joyeux Noel. I need to work on my French. Do you speak French? Oui. Amazing. We'll see you guys in the new year. Peace. Peace out. You're the best. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's a wrap for 2019. We're going to actually take off next week. Our next episode will be Tuesday, January 7th. I'll be sitting down with Jackie Minton. And then soon after that with Zach Vinson, a couple of amazing artists right there, alongside a lot of new episodes with Dr. Ryan Hanning and Father Ryan Adorjan and many more to come, including announcements about our spring package with some artists that are doing some great things right now, opening up for Lauren Daigle and Five for Fighting. That's the one. So that's some like really amazing things happening with some love good artists. And we're really excited to not only bring them back into the studio for podcast episodes, but also make some announcements about them and their involvement in upcoming packages. Lots to come. 2020 is gonna rock. And we cannot wait to continue this journey with you guys towards beauty, beauty that we know ultimately leads to truth and to goodness and to reality, which is God himself. And there's there's no other way to renew culture than to first be renewed ourselves and to allow God into every aspect of our life. And beauty is, in my mind and in my experience, frankly, the easiest and the least threatening way to do that. 
We're just so excited to be on this journey with you guys. We love you. Have an amazing final handful of days in 2019. And we'll see you on January 7th if we don't see you at SLS in Phoenix with thousands of other college students. So hopefully see you there. And if not, see you in 2020. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Start enjoying our exclusive content and seasonal packages that will raise your standard for music, books, and art and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.